Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. So, Justin, what do you think of this radio experience? Uh, it's interesting, but I'm getting some flashbacks. It's been a minute since I had something this long, hard, and black right in front of my face. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so, how long ago is a minute, Justin? About 60 seconds. But. <laughs> yeah, you guys have this hole drilled in the stalls in the bathroom out there. Just waiting for me. Well, you know, there are a lot of guys in this building. Well, there's a lot of long hours. You, you know have what's to hilarious? yourself somehow. You read Doomed, right? Yes. And you've read Doomed. Yes. You remember the glory hole part yes. in that book? <laughs> Unconnected, but there we go. Glory this one didn't days. feel like a grandpa, but it could be wrong. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of wish, oh my god! So we're we're waiting at we're waiting at the stoplight, right, for Starbucks, and right in front of us is this woman with with a license plate that says "whoosh" on it, right, and it's a freaking minivan from Kansas, and we're like, okay, so. Whoosh. What does that mean? Is it because for years people have made the motion over their head and gone whoosh every time they talk about something she doesn't get? She thought mm. it was a compliment. <laughs> so like she put a, it on her license. Like, like a Wizard of Oz play, like whoosh, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> I, I really don't know. But it was good speculating about it, though. It was. It was fun. But we had our we had our, our Thelma and Louise moment on the way here today, except for Thelma and Louise wore scarves. Oh, We're yeah. way too freaking cool for scarves. Cover her hats. I had my Wyoming cap on, and Bonnie put her hair up in a ponytail, and that's why she's primping now to try to get all the knots out. <laughs> well, not primping, just getting the knots out. I mean, <sighs> I look kind of saw my reflect my shadow, and it was kind of like Medusa going on up in my ponytail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beautiful, darling. Well, we have an extra guest today in case the male voice was throwing you off a little bit. We have Justin (laughs) in the house. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Justin, would you like to give us your last name or would you like to remain anonymous in case? Neil. Neil. Okay, Justin Neil. Justin. Man of few words. Welcome to our humble podcast. Not so humble. Sometimes humble. No, we're we're usually not humble at all. And Nicole is out this week. Uh, she is taking some much-needed time to do homework, mm-hmm. as Jessica would know. She's also in school. Ugh. And you're wearing a great shirt today. What does that say? A, biblio- a bibliophobia yeah. is the fear of running out of books to read. I have that. You I need to get a shirt like that. I think my grandparents got it for me at Half Price Books for my birthday. I do, too. I think it was Thursday. I finished my book on the way to work. So I had nothing to listen to all day at work. So I had to, like, you know, listen to the people in the office. Mm. And how'd that go for you? It just makes the day really, really long. Yep, it does. 
Uh, I've been so busy with school because my trade professor was like, we're going to do four assignments this week and they're all going to be really, really hard word problems. So I spent like hours trying to make it through these assignments <laughs> and I haven't had time to read enough. So I've been really cranky. <laughs> so are you going to tell us all about your word assignments, your math word assignments? I feel like the plot of those is going to get real intricate. No, not really. I don't know. It's a lot about... <laughs> Oh, it's weird. It's a joke it's made about up. That being the book you were going to talk about. <laughs> okay. Can you tell they know each other? He's like, that was a joke. <laughs> Justin, sorry, I was kidding. You're not allowed to talk about math on this freaking podcast, okay? We have mathophobias in the room. I like yeah. math. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about myself. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about myself. I get math anxiety. Just hearing people talk about math gives me math anxiety. Yeah. It makes me want to do the word problems and see if I can figure it out. Oh, he makes us see. write everything on the board before we can put anything on our notebooks. So if you mess up, everybody gets to look at it. Oh, that I would like, not like. Yeah, it's, I'm not a fan. Like that at all. It's weird. Man, so we got four people to get through. Who wants to go first? Tick. Want me to go first? Talk. Okay. <clears throat> I read Dolores Claiborne by Stephen King. You know, Stephen King is kind of an iffy card for me. It's kind of Russian roulette. Sometimes I really like his books and sometimes I really do not. This one I really did like. Um, I think it's one of his older books. I think that's what you were telling me. Well, it's, you know, he's written a lot since then. I don't know exactly what year it came out. Somebody Google that. You know, I was pulling it up and then I quit because, I don't know, I got distracted. I want to say in the 90s, mid to late 90s, as I'm I'm guessing, 97. Mm-hmm. Anybody? Anybody? Mm-hmm. So we can see what's You up. know, ever since they changed Overdrive, it just <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. up. So mm-hmm. we've been waiting for this for like a year, okay? Because um, I have a Metro My card. Two. And a card for the Tuttle Library, which is where we volunteer. And last year, the Metro changed their Overdrive app mm-hmm. so that it was different. You know, Vani doesn't like it when things are different. <laughs> so I said to her, you got to learn to use this new app because eventually we're going to have to change over. Eventually, our library will adopt the new app. Right. Well, I like the old app. Mm. So about <laughs> three weeks ago, they started putting up the little warning. Try out our new app. I'm Try out our new person. I'm like, like Bonnie, no, I don't learn want to. to use the new app. I don't want to. I don't like it. Now she's crossed because she didn't know how to use the new app. <laughs> I know how to use it. It wasn't coming up on my phone. It was blank. So I, I can't go in there over overdrive. I have to go in through. Have you tried way. turning it off and turning it back on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this sounds like a user error issue to me. Have you tried kissing my shiny metal ass? <laughs> Kiss my shiny well, metal I tried. ass. Well, let me get close enough. <laughs> well, already then. Gazing. <laughs> Ninety-two. By the way, uh, what's my age again? I go- I googled it. It's ninety-two. Ninety-two. Okay, so I was off by a few years, but in the ninety, I said nineties. You did, but I said mid to late nineties. Ninety-two. Okay. You may continue now that we've solved that mystery. <laughs> that was a way roundabout way of solving a mystery. By George, I think we've got it. Google knows all. <laughs> it's like Velma. It's like Velma from Scooby Doo. The mystery machine is mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Full swing. Exactly. Well, um, Dolores Claiborne, it starts out where Dolores Claiborne is being interviewed 
about a death of a lady named Vera. And she was Vera's um, healthcare assistant and went to her house and took care of her or anything. And Vera fell down the stairs and died. So she's being investigated for this death. And um, she goes way back in time and tells like her whole story of her life on this island in Maine because it's not the first time that somebody on her watch has died because her husband died um, a few years back and um, she killed her husband. She legitimately killed her husband. Yeah, but nobody knows that. For sure. It was never... rumored... I know because I read this book (laughs) But uh, she comes straight out pretty much at the beginning of the book and says, I killed my husband. And she goes back and tells the story about why she killed her husband, which he was a horrible, horrible person. And he needed killed. Errol had to die. (laughs) But it's more like she's talking to, she's, she's not like confessing in public or anything. It's like. The book is told from her point of view, isn't it? So it's like right. the narrative. She's like so talking to the reader. The reader, yeah. So right, it's like you get all the stuff that's going on in her head, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Right, because she's doing this this huge long interview about Vera's death, and she goes back about her husband's mm-hmm. death, and so on and so forth. And it's just it, it's a really good book. She's a very interesting person. She's. She's very crass, and people think she's stupid, but she's not stupid at all. And um, I I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, it it just really took or pulled you into the story of, of her life and why she killed her husband and why he deserved to die. Yeah. And about her relationship with Vera, who, of course, was, you know, a rich lady who she used to come to the island just in the summer because it's like a summer vacation spot. Okay. And um, a <clears throat> while back she started, she came out and she just stayed. And so she lived there all the time. Right. And she was kind of a mean old lady. Like oh. to, like just. Hateful? <laughs> just bitter? Real hateful, but it, Dolores Claiborne was hateful back to her so they had like this relationship back and forth where it seemed like they just really did not like each other but they really did like each other that's just like their dynamic right and it just it was really like i said it pulled you into the story and it was just really good it's one that i didn't want to put down good well what i liked about that particular book was the voice of the narrator yeah it was very so when you read it as an audio book That's one thing that Stephen King always, in my opinion, gets right, is the voice of his characters. It, the voice of the character, even when it's on the written page, you hear the main accent because of the words, because of his word choices and his phrasing and everything like that. And the woman, Dolores Claiborne, her voice sounds so Stephen King. It's got that main accent mm-hmm. and her whole demeanor and everything like that she's very crass and free and straightforward in yes. her speak in her way of speaking and i mean you know to tell you the truth that's how people sp- spoke when i was growing up so so it rings true to you yeah huh? it rings true to the new england thing i think 
even though New York isn't quite New England. I was about to ask. Pretty... I feel like there's a lot of Giants fans that would want to fight you over that. Well, <laughs> oh man, don't bring sports into this, dude. Really? I know. I spent the weekend with a bunch of like hardcore OU fans that make me ashamed to go to OU. Like the type of people that yell boomer and expect people to yell back. Yeah. Those people. I had people on my patio like that last night. <laughs> like, and I was in the house reading a book. Don't blame you. No, actually, I was in visiting with friends, but still. You're just like, oh. <laughs> it's just a game. I oh, know. my goodness. <laughs> so, Dolores, back to Dolores. Um, so, from the books that you've read from Stephen King, where would you place. Dolores Claiborne in that mix of um, pretty high up Green. I think right after Carrie Carrie I think is my favorite Stephen King book and then this one and then Salem's Lot because I really like that one did not really like it that much I know that I think that's one of your a lot favorite. of people well I liked a lot of things about it um, it was very very long yeah, it's a huge book. That's it's what I was absolutely say. massive. It's well over a thousand pages. Yeah, and if you listen to it on audiobook, it's like forty hours. Yeah, I mean, it's it like took me really, long really time. long. It's like a work week. <laughs> but a lot of people are talking about it this week because the movie just came out, <clears throat> right? For a second time. Mm-hmm. See, I don't like. I don't really like clowns to begin with. So when you like demonize a clown, I feel like it makes it like 10 times worse. It's kind of like when they do porcelain dolls, like the Annabelle movie. They're already creepy and then you make them worse. But this one's important <laughs> because this is where the evil clown trope came from. The, no, I don't this think, and Gacy. I, no, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think clowns were creepy way before Stephen King came. I know, but after I, it, I think they, yes. were, they oh, yeah. took a giant leap forward. I will agree with scale. that because... When I was growing up, mm-hmm. and this was before any of that, clowns, I had several friends who were completely creeped out by clowns. I've, yeah, I just don't like that. It them. has to do with the mm-hmm. fact that they're grown men wearing makeup. And, was, and they're disguised, <laughs> which means that children, because they can't ascertain, you know, they feel creeped out by this big, huge person that they can't identify. But at the same time, they're supposed to be delighted. So it's like this, you know, weird psychological freaky thing. Yeah. It's like it's like giant character head people. Mm-hmm. What did they call those? Mascots. Oh, yeah. Or the Disney characters. Little kids get totally freaked out by that shit. Having had a little kid that got freaked out by that shit, I can say that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's, I think it's a lot of the, to do with the size of the character. You have a big old grown man wearing a big, funny red nose. He's still a big grown man. Yeah, that's in your personal space. <laughs> yeah. Like small kid. Exactly. But it has definitely put the evil clown thing right in the front. Like you said, Gacy, right? John Gacy, Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy was a serial killer, killer who dressed as a clown in well, his I mean, spare time. Well, he worked time. as a clown. That was his yeah, yeah. profession. Yeah. Anyway. So, of course, you know. Scary, yeah, yeah. Pass. <laughs> Stephen King knows how to put his finger on the horror button. You know what book I really want to read because I really loved the movie is Misery. Misery, yes, was so yes. Good. I love Misery. I want, I want, and it it kind of reading Dolores Claiborne makes me want to read Misery even more. Yeah, when you because describe I think it, that the like characters are kind of the same, aren't they? Similar, like, very similar, very strong. Well, women, well. Who are slightly crazy. 
Yeah, but course, Misery was completely. I don't know if Dolores Claiborne was really crazy. Misery, that's just, the one where she, she like completely takes unhinged. She captures the author of these books that she likes, right? Well, he like wrecks yeah. and then she takes yeah, care and of him. Yeah, she keeps him basically captive. Yeah, and tries to keep him from leaving in really gruesome ways. Like yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you should read that and get back to us on that. <laughs> I maybe, want to. Maybe you I'll should do it while see. you're in the mood for it. Since you're kind of in the groove. Well, I have like four books that came in all at one time. Mm -hmm. I got to get through those first if I can. We had that discussion on the way here, too, because it seems like you're either in major feast or major famine when you deal with library issues. Mm -hmm. And most of the books that we read are from the library. So you get on the waiting list for all of this stuff, hoping that your funnel will trickle out one book at a time. But what inevitably happens is that you get four or five all on the same day yeah. or within a succession of days. Or like you're waiting for so long that you don't want to read it anymore. Like that one that you were telling me the other day. How many people were in line? Like 113 or yeah. something? By the time you get it? to it, you know, yeah. it's for two years book? later. Um, what book was it? It was one that was real popular that just came out or they're just doing a movie about it. What book was that? The one, the blue. Oh. You got. You were talking about the blue spool. Yeah, it was. It was a different. It, it was a different book. It was. Uh, it was one that you were going to read because the, oh, glass, you read that. Glass castles. Okay. Yeah. Because the lady at the library uh, that works right before me, she and I always have great book discussions, and we have similar tastes in some things. And she was talking about how good that was, and she said, "Well, you should read that." So as I was sitting there, I pulled it up on the library thing and put it on hold. And then you can go over and look to see how many people are in front of you. That's like 125 people yeah, on it was one copy. Number, number of people. So I'm like, okay, then I guess I won't be reading that one for a while. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's not really the kind of book I would go out and purchase until I know if I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. That's how it was like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'd been on the wait list for forever. So I took advantage of that half price book sale and went and found it and just bought the hard copy. <laughs> well, I think you're pretty safe in knowing that if you don't like it, somebody else will buy it from you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it so far. Yeah. So. It's very strange, but. I love Strange. Strange is my... And awesome. Yes. I want to read it again so I can read the second and third one. Well, yeah. You you almost could... Well, not you, but anybody could pick up the the uh, restaurant at the end of the universe and read it separately, which I actually, I read that one first mm-hmm. years ago. You know, I like to go in order. I know. That's why I said anybody <laughs> but you could do it that way. You can't do it. Bonnie's our OCD member. Yes. She, she has to do things a certain way or she can't handle it. Not always. It. Every once in a while, I, I she eat sorts, my M&Ms out of order. She sorts her M&Ms and then she has a specific color order. She eats them in. That sounds really time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to make eating fun. Fun. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the little things in life. <laughs> <sighs> Death by minutia. <laughs> oh, all right. But that was Dolores Claiborne by Stephen King, and I would recommend that to somebody because it was enjoyable. It was a good read, and it wasn't very long. For Stephen King, it was not a long read. Great. I like What's it a too. short book for Stephen King? Six, seven hundred uh, pages? Eh, four or five <laughs> is a short. Okay. Yeah. Four hundred. 400 odd pages some of his earlier work and the Bachman books and stuff like that those were 
those were fairly short. He and he does short stories too. He has whole yeah. collections of short stories, which are the, awesome. Um, Gunslinger, the Gunslinger, the Night Shift, which mm-hmm. was his first big collection. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightmares and Dreamscapes, a bunch of them. I can't think of the others. Yeah, the Gunslinger is pretty short too. That very first Dark Tower book, yeah. See, Carrie wasn't very long either, I don't think. Well, in the early days when he had an editor, they made him cut the shit out of everything. They were like, you you just are too wordy. And they yeah. would cut everything down. Now, it took forever. That's because by that time, he had control over that. And he mm-hmm. said, screw you, I'm not cutting anything out. And they said, okay, Mr. King. I think I ended up having to uh, check that out from the library twice to finish it. Yeah, my mom is a Stephen King person. She has a ton of Stephen King books, like half of our library, I think, at home. I have Stephen King first editions at my house. Yeah. <laughs> so she's been has, collecting she for years. It. Awesome. All right, shall we move right along? Who wants to go next? Do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? You want to bite the bullet, Justin? Yeah, I'll jump in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the book I'm doing is Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk. It's a book that I feel like a lot of people have seen the movie and not enough people know that it was a book. It's definitely um, a guy choice. Oh, honestly, the movie at least and this is one of the very strange situations where I believe the movie is better than the book. Um, doesn't happen very often, but I mean, even Polinick has come out and said of the ending, the movie's ending, that he wished he had thought of it. So, I mean, there's some like canon to that. Um, also, you can't really like discount the charisma of the actors in that. True. compared to how it comes across in the writing. True. But uh, the movie, at least, I feel like is something that like Read. I think that every guy should watch the movie. Reading the book is a different experience, and I feel like the um, the ethos behind it comes across differently. Okay, so what? Give me a like. What is the book about? For those of us who are not in the know, I, well, I, I have never the watched the movie. Well, I have heard about the movie. The movie. <laughs> okay. I have heard it quoted. By most guys that I know. Okay. But I have... Um. Anything that says fight in the title, pretty much I'm out. Really? So <laughs> I don't like fighting. So Yeah, that's actually... I kind of wish that he had chosen a different title because people, even going into the movie, it it's a lot more philosophical than the title would make you feel. Um, because you, know, you see Fight Club, you picture just... it's People uh, beating it's book, the crap out of each other. It's a book other. about the UFC. And in a very small way, it is like there are fight clubs and grown men come together and beat the shit out of each other, you know, once a week, twice a week, whatever. Um, but like the, the reason behind why they're doing it, it's supposed to be a so, so you want what the book's about. Yeah. The book is a rejection of consumerist culture, but a counter rejection of that rejection also. Holy shit. <laughs> hold that's on, hold on. deep. Um, Way too freaking deep for a Sunday right. morning. Come well, on now. I need so, more coffee before you start this again. I love so men who are intellectual though. It's so secretly I'm turned on. Okay, it's, go ahead. It's anti-consumerist. <laughs> no, I, I feel you. I'm sporting a half chub. I get, I, get I get a little going every time I say Polonic. So uh, anyway, it's anti-consumerist in that it's rejection of pretty much every aspect of modernity but it also rejects that because the person who's supposed to be the savior that leads them from this you know land of iniquity becomes a a uh, cult leader who forces his followers into con- uh, conforming as well 
Um, so the guy that's supposed to lead them to salvation ends up leading them right back into the same trap. Imagine that. And yeah, that's sort that's of the point. pretty um, much, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'll, I'll just for a little context. Um, the story is told uh, from the point of view of the narrator. He's never given a name and he's never really referred to. Um, uh, in the the people that have read it call him Jack because there's a running joke where he um, cites these like Reader's Digest articles from the um, point of view of different organs. So like an organ would be like, I am Jack's kidneys. I filter his blood and produce urine, you know, so on and so forth. Anyway, so as the book goes on and he gets like angry about something, he's like, I am Jack's raging bile duct. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so anyway, so the narrator is a sort of worker drone for a car company and he does uh he's a recall specialist basically whenever a car bursts into fl- bursts into flames he figures out how many of these are going to burst into flames how much it's going to cost to um settle out of court what the average cost of an out of court settlement is and then compares that to the cost of a recall so if the cost of all the the probable rate of failures plus the or times the uh cost of the out of court settlements isn't more than the cost of the recall. They just don't do the recall and they just let the people die. Oh, whoa. So that's sort of like empty. He has, this author has, I love this author, by the way. I've read almost everything he has ever written, except that. See, <laughs> I, and we can talk about this more in a second, but I think Polonick suffers really heavily from sort of the same thing I think Stephen King suffers from in that his later books are more... Um, he had this one good idea and was like, oh, I'm going to build a story around this exactly. instead of, that's oh, exactly, I have a great story exactly to go with these ideas. That's exactly what he does with nearly every book that you read. King or Polonick? Polonick. Okay, yeah, Polonick. <clears throat> this one, I think, was the last time he had a story to go along with. His, he, had a, he had a thread he wanted to follow. He had themes he wanted to express. He had a message. In all of his other books, I feel like he has had... Just a quick idea, like uh, who read Damned? I did. Jessica we did. You both read both it. Did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damned. While as much as I love Damned, is just like, hmm, what if we put Junie B. Jones in hell? And like that's the idea. And then he... <laughs> that's so true. It is. T- <laughs> and it's like it, it's an but expression who cares? of because it was freaking awesome. And it, and it was. It was. He hit it out of the park with <laughs> that one. Junie B. Jones. In but hell. have you read Doomed the sequel? Yes, of yeah. course we did. Did you like it? Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought it was garbage. I see. I, like I thought damned it was so It was fun. I like Damned better, but I didn't know if it was just because I was just done with that subject Mm -hmm. i was done with that book or if it was i liked it just because it was part of the same world that i liked so much in the first place and a lot of times when i get to that point i really don't care if it's great does that make sense because I just like Maybe. being I just, there. I thought Dan you was like being so, in that world yes. kind of thing. I don't know. He, so, it's so it bizarre. Such How a can you possibly bones, judge it? Very much. Very much. But it was such a bare bones, like, here's my idea. I'm going to build a story around it. And he managed to fill... That filling was very... Um, Bland. Well, in, in Doomed it was. In Damned, I thought it was like... It was good quality nourishment. And... It was random and a little freaky, I thought. Like, See, I didn't think it was random. I thought it was freaky. I didn't didn't think it was random, but I do agree it was freaky. But, you know, and he managed to, like, fill in that empty space with something compelling. But in his, uh, I don't know if it's his newest one, but he wrote wrote a book called Beautiful You, 
I, now, believe, I haven't read that one. Well, that one's about a guy who uh, he owns a sex toy company, and the idea <laughs> is, what if dildos could take over the world? And okay, now that's going too far. <laughs> right. Come on, no, now. no, it's literally good. I he makes vibrators so good that women no longer have any interest in men, and he uses All right, that to that's like, take it. over the. I'm reading it. I mean, <laughs> right? Right? it sounds so co- like there's compelling idea, but it just to me it just fell short. It was great idea, just poorly executed kind of thing. You know, Fight Club at least has like hmm. it has a theme. You know, did you read Choke? I just bought it. Haven't Choke read it yet. Was I have to say one of my favorite books. Oddly enough. Really? Have you seen that movie? Because it's... No, I haven't, didn't see the movie. I read the book. But I, I, had, I had no, I no real that. desire to, to look at the movie. <clears throat> and, and I liked it because the characters in it, I felt, were so rich. I'm not so much interested about, you know, what it represents or mm-hmm. anything like that. I just thought the characters in that... I've known people like that. <clears throat> okay. And... I really just enjoyed the whole experience of reading the book. And for me, that's that's what mm-hmm. matters is the fact that I came out of it, A, loving what I read, and B, it caused me to think about a lot of things. Okay. Right. And, but so. that was when I, I believe that was before Fight Club. That was uh, 2001. Never mind. So it Five was not. years after. I pulled okay. this list up because when, you, when I saw who you were going to, Review, I was like, uh-huh. okay, I know I've read a bunch of these, so okay. I kind of wanted to pull it up and have a look and see how many exactly I've read. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. Wow. Seven. Seven of his books I've read. And he does not have terribly many. He has, Probably has three, like 12. six, nine, twelve, fourteen. Do you think I just read two? Or maybe more. Those are just the ones that are listed right on the front of this. I feel thing like here. the two of you would have similar book tastes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that one and uh, the worst one I thought was Pygmy. It wasn't good? Oh, Jesus. It was horrible. In my opinion. Okay. No, no. I just I haven't read yeah, it. Yeah. Um, no. Um, it, I did not it like it. interesting at enough, all. I guess. I mean, no. I did not like it. But having said that, it did provoke some very serious um, reactions in me, mm-hmm. which most of his books do. That's one of the reasons I like him is that he knows how to how push, to push button. buttons. Yeah. The problem was whenever that became his sole purpose. Yeah, right. He, you're right. You're he got to the point right. where he was just like, have you read his uh, collection of horror stories haunted? Uh, yes, I did. But I don't remember right off the top of my head. I know I read it because I recognize the cover. Okay. Um, Haunted has a short story in it called Guts that he has read numerous times at public book readings. And I believe the number is around 10 people have passed out at his book readings while he's reading it. Because it's too visceral and there's a lot going on. Uh, I told my short friend about it. I can never get... Why that would... I mean, people are too freaking gullible and ridiculous. I don't... Apparently, it caused, like, a very serious reaction. Um, I told Pussies. my ex-girlfriend about it. She asked me <laughs> to get her the book because she was like, oh, it can't be that bad. She reads through it and... It's n- like, nothing he writes is pleasant. And Pygmy is not pleasant. It's one of those books that you're like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Really? <laughs> this okay. is where you're going Are you this? serious? Yeah, it's terrible. But, but it does provoke that immediate visceral reaction mm-hmm. in you. Yeah, he's like, 
It's like he wants to get a rise out of people and get people talking. It's like he's a shock artist. I he guess. is. He's a bit like the Howard Stern of literature. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like you know, he's like a Rob Zombie if Rob Zombie was a writer. You know, we're just gonna we're gonna throw <laughs> blood and guts and <laughs> fecal matter against the wall, and we're gonna see what sticks and makes people whine. Uh, I mean, because I mean, think about Damned. Damned yeah. features a well, prepubescent a swamp, girl who. No, there's a swamp of aborted babies. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just really terrible. And people like what spend the time fuck? there. Yeah, it's fucked. Well, it's you know, real fucked. dude, it's this it is. is like the darkest Very of the much. darkest dark humor that you could possibly get. It's not something that you read with the idea that it's serious because it's not. Yeah, right. it's I mean, it's a it's a spoof on what hell would be like if mm-hmm. people. If people's philosophies came true, okay, right. So gotcha. it's not. I mean, if you if you take something like that at face value, you're going to be instantly offended to the point of right. you're going to throw the book against the wall mm-hmm. and burn it. But it's supposed to be like a satire, exactly. Kind of it's okay. dark, yeah. dark, dark, dark humor. Gotcha. And like specifically to design, design to to provoke a reaction, especially yeah. out of people who like get super offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in a way, it's like. It's, it's like test fun of the people who get well. It does, offended. and if you and if you see it from that point of view, then you can laugh at it and go, "It's just words on paper." You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not something that it's something you have said exists. Mm-hmm. So if you said it exists, so here it is, and look at it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. It's. So, I mean, it's definitely not the kind of thing that I recommend to people to read because. You don't want to offend there, somebody. There are with so your... few people who can actually handle reading something like that. Right. It is really. I mean, <laughs> even Christopher Moore that you is only recommend a specific people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Christopher Moore is the same way. Yeah. I, would I mean, not Christopher Moore is the kind of writer that that is very offensive to some people. But if you don't have that dark humor thing going on, then you're not going to be able to even go there at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's going to offend you too much. And once you're offended, then you're not going to like the book. Right. Right. <clears throat> and this guy is really good at that. He knows how to press buttons yes. in a lot of ways. Um, but having said that, you said that the movie was better than the book. Is yeah. this? Is it specifically because of the ending? Not The ending is much stronger in the movie, I believe. Um, okay. Don't tell us what it is. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay. Uh, I First off, I don't know if you guys are movie people, but I highly recommend watching the movie. There uh, are some times it, when I recommend I, Girl on the Train, watch the movie. Don't read the book. I heard you didn't like it. No. Or Into the Water. Both of those. Okay. <laughs> you read um, those a lot. In my know, opinion, just, Vani disagrees, but okay. okay. I didn't okay. like it either. Yeah. Um, just, if you can. Gone Girl. Watch the movie. <laughs> haven't, haven't read the book. Love the movie. Uh, same director. The movie was the, the movie was able to take, take the... the Subject matter of the book and the good parts of the book and and put them forward in a way that was much more palatable, I thought. Yeah, they're like, well, because you're in her head yeah. for parts of it and you're like, damn. Like, it's very, it's it was very difficult to get yeah, through I'm in like, some portions. I'm like, if people really this messed up, like mm, that oh, you're yeah. going to oh, do things yeah. like this? Maybe like second guess ever being in a relationship for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. Are you talking about Gone Girl or yeah, Girl? Yeah, Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Oh, I didn't read that. That book. was way dark. It's uh, it's dark. The it's guy, Olivia. David Fincher, directed Gone Girl, directed Fight Club. The guy who did the soundtrack, Trent Reznor, for Gone Girl. Right. Um, 
Chuck Palahniuk, while he was writing Fight Club, was listening to Trent, Rez- Trent Reznor's lead singer Nine Inch Nails. Right. Was yeah. listening to the Nine Inch Nails album Downward Spiral while writing, writing Fight Club. See, it all, all kind of yes, circles. It is. It is. <laughs> it's, it's all circular. It's all circles. Anyway. And usually, if there's a really good book that comes out, the rights to that book are immediately snapped up by a movie maker. Yeah, so mm-hmm. this was written in 96, movie was made in 99. Right. That's a pretty quick turnaround. It I is think. a very quick turnaround because, I mean, a lot of the books that we've reviewed in this podcast, the rights were sold right away, and mm-hmm. we still haven't seen anything come out mm-hmm. or even a whiff of it. Of course, we've only been doing this podcast for a year, but. But still. I think eventually some of the things that that I love will be movies or series, but it's going to be a long time in coming. I still want to see The Cuckoo's Calling, you know, that movie it's, that's coming it's, out. The only thing, looking at the trailer, they made the main character too pretty. I hate it when they do that. And it's even, this isn't is it off like when British? they do that. Usually, Usually in, Brits put the ugly ones in. They don't, but he's he's prettier than what I would picture him from the book. Yeah, he's supposed to be very gnarled and... Well, I mean, he's just rough, rough, you know. Sorry, we were digressing. Like an oak tree. Right, but they put like, you know, some pretty guy with, you know, he's he's younger than what he should be, it looks like. And the frat boy haircut. Yeah. Yeah, with that little, you know, two, three day growth going on. And he's supposed to be, you know, an alcoholic. I don't know. He's too clean cut. Yeah, he's not... Doesn't fit the what we saw right. of the character. He's not rumpled enough. No, he doesn't rumpled. smell bad enough. Well, that and like in the book, he's they, like a little. You should be able to look at him and stuff. know that he smells bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that he smelled bad. I never pictured the the smell bad thing, but I still think that the movie smells makes like him alcohol is pretty. oozing out his pores. Is it a? Is it a medieval book, right? No. You said medieval people. <laughs> you always oh. think it smells. <laughs> no, I, I, but I do smell books. Uh-huh. Maybe I have a bit of, uh, what do they call that? Uh, where you Synesthesia. Can... Synesthesia. Thank you. Good job. Med term. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> 50 points to Gryffindor. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually a Ravenclaw, but. Oh, 50 points to Ravenclaw then. Sorry. <laughs> You can keep going, Justin. I'm sorry. I hijacked no, no, your no. review. I tend to do that. Nerf guns out. Yeah, we <laughs> usually have Nerf guns. Just throw something at her. You got sugar packets there. Just plunk her with sugar Say, packets. Stop interrupting me. <laughs> no, no, no. This is good. Um, so what, where would you put the book then on your scale if you had a scale of ratings for books you've loved? Hmm. Um, it's below every Kurt Vonnegut book I've ever read. Oh, you guys and your freaking Kurt Vonnegut. Well, what is it? Anyway. It's, he's better. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, because, you know. I read one of his, didn't I? No, I don't No, think so. that's the Ian something guy that I read. The one where Ian he got McEwen. his, where he got his, his uh, thingy caught on the ice. Yeah. You can thank Justin for my Vonnegut obsession. <laughs> I don't think I've read it. I'm rolling my eyes so hard it's giving me a headache. <laughs> Just We're teasing. Doing that. You gotta I'm drive teasing. It's teasing. Uh, I don't know. It's as far as books go, um, it is exceptionally middling to me, and I don't think I would have nearly the attachment to it that I do if it were not for the movie and how much I love the movie. Uh, and so, you know, but it's incredible because you know I watched the movie first. I watched the movie a lot first, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, it's like The Godfather. There's like a maybe except I can actually a new watch. generation. I can oh yeah yeah maybe I don't know I don't know that many people that have seen it that are my age. 
Um, well, so people who are book people are old souls. That's just the way it yeah. is. What? Old souls. What? The Godfather or no people who are book just people? in general book people. He said, "I don't know of any people my age that have read the book." Justin's very young. I I, I lost know. our where we were. Sorry, what one? Which did we any, were did about. anybody else catch that reference, or was I just off on? And uh, maybe I need to go get that license plate that says whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that comes to me because uh, I had a migraine when I woke up this morning, so it's like yep. my brain is off on some other planet. So I'll take full responsibility for that. He's not kidding about watching Fight Club a ton, though. I'm pretty sure it's like a prerequisite to be friends with Justin. He's like, "Hi, I'm Justin. We're going to be friends, but you got to watch Fight Club first. Like, it's like a litmus <laughs> test to tell if we're like friendship compatible. Is it kind of like Nicole's with the Goldfinch? Yeah. Hi, I'm Nicole. Read this book. If you like it, you can be my friend. Yeah, yeah we've talked about that before. Um, I don't think I ever got through the plot or the. Uh, oh, we it, probably the, interrupted. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Anyway, but he, we, long story the short. The thing about boy the meets plot, girl, though, girl ruins boy's life. Boy meets boy. Boy also ruins boy's life. Yeah. Well, see, it's not necessary. In this type of a, in in our book podcast, we don't really give plot. Okay. What we do is we give a reason for someone else to want to read the book. Okay. I always give a plot. Well, we don't have to, though. I mean, I never give a plot. We're pretty easy here. You could talk about whatever you wanted to on the book and we'd be happy. Just as long as you're reading and you want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always want to talk about it. I'm pretty sure all of my friends are really sick of hearing me say Fight Club. Because um, I've been doing it for about ten years. <laughs> Jessica's like, oh please, God, let me get another book. Yeah, she probably was like, hey, want to be on the podcast? You can do anything but fight. And I was like, oh, can I do Fight Club? God damn it! <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh wow, there's more books on here than I figured. You'd do Fight Club or Damned. So. Yeah, I don't know. I decided to go with Fight Club. I always have more to say about Fight Club, and then like a fresh audience. Well, if you're going to come back on the podcast, you need to branch out from those two authors. Vonnegut and Polonick. You need <laughs> Actually, to read something new. I had this Master uh, and Margarita. You need to talk about yeah, that one. I will. I had this uh, sci-fi book I was thinking about, but it was hot garbage, and she told me not to talk about bad books. You so. can talk about bad books on this podcast. I well, talk about bad books sometimes. Generally, we've talked about yeah, several bad books. The one I'm going to talk about is not awesome. But I didn't want him to like just sit here and rip a book either. You can though. See, that's here's the thing: when people read a book, if it gives you a reason to want to talk about it, then it's worthy of a conversation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. If you can actually get through it, if it's I mean, so terrible, you don't you just quit reading it. You don't just talk in, like, about movies way. that you like. You talk about movies you hate too. So mm-hmm. it should go both ways for books. That's good. Yeah, the one I'm going to talk about is meh. You can go next since we're gonna. Can we? Can we be done, Justin? I, I mean, if you want to be, it's fine. <laughs> In other done? words, he could have his Are own whole podcast. On I could the have. Handbook. I could do a podcast. I had like a paragraph here about all the things that that uh, Polonik borrows from Nietzschean philosophy. We could have gone into that about oh, how Tyler Jesus, Durden is just an no. XP from Zara, for Zarathustra. <laughs> By the he way, he comes from nowhere and starts expressing all this. Somebody put a sock in this boy's mouth right now. He's got like a doctoral dissertation from Fight Club. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm fun at parties, I swear. He pisses in people's trash cans. (laughs) That happened once. I I peed in a girl's trash can. I was really drunk. I didn't know. know I don't know. All of a sudden, we go from philosophy to piss in trash cans. That's perfect. I love that. Nietzsche teaches us that the overman. Philosophy. Nietzsche teaches us that the overman forms his own morality. 
and in my morality, it's okay to pee in trash cans, but <laughs> only whenever you are god Because awful you're just drunk. like, what, marking your territory or what? No, you're just posing on her property. It was in her bedroom, and she was real pretty, so maybe I was marking some territory. Could have been. Too far? Poor Jaxie. <laughs> Jessica's blushing for you at this point, so. I'm going like, hey, to be like, hey, Jaxie, go so. listen to this podcast. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Jesus. God. Oh. I smell your trash can. <laughs> no, they knew. We knew, because he missed and got some of it on her comforter, too. I felt oh, so my ba- God. I didn't even feel like Please. I drank that much. I usually go to bed about 9.30, and it was like 2, 3 a.m., so I was tired and drunk. You know it just didn't. No. I think everybody does work when they're drunk that, you know, the next day you wake up going, oh my God, I can't well, believe I did that. After that, we tucked him into the three-year-old's three-foot-long princess bed, so could have got worse. Did you take a picture of that and put it on Facebook? <laughs> yes. yes. Twitter? Well, not, I, Snapchat? I don't think it posted anywhere, I think it posted. I'm not a bad friend. Like, <laughs> I just keep it. I slept like no, I can just keep it so that I can put it up on the Jumbotron at his wedding. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to... I feel like we've lost the thread, so I'm going to say the reason to read Fight Club is so that you can watch the movie. Anyway, go on. And give your author. Chuck Palahniuk. All right. Okay. It's not spelled like that. No. It's spelled really weird. Palahniuk. Yeah. That's a real weird one. Just Google Fight Club. You'll find it. Fight Club novel. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, go on. Moving right along, Jessica. Okay, I read The Dinner by Homan. Is it, is it pronounced Cook? It's K-O-C-H. Yeah, Cook. 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 Yeah. That's the German spelling of That's Cook. That's what I thought, because that was Teddy's dad's actual last name. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was spelled that way. Her mom's name was C-O-O-K. Her dad's name was K-O-C-H. Weird. Oh. It was a girl we went to school with. but um, And I was... <clears throat> Really, really, really enjoying this book up until about halfway through it, and then I was like, "Oh, I hate it when that um, happens." The premise is that there's two sets of parents who are sitting down to this really fancy formal dinner to talk about something bad that their sons have done, and it doesn't tell you what exactly what the sons have done. Which is like the intrigue for reading it to me was like, "Oh, this is gonna be kind of like a thriller. You're gonna be." wondering what this thing is this underlying tension at this like real nice they're being really formal to each other but they're actually and so like that's what was driving me to keep reading and then about how I say that they tell you and they take this weird like tangent that I didn't that made me mad for to a couple of different reasons but they're actually brothers and their wives are sitting down to dinner to talk about a crime that their sons have committed that has like gotten on the news but they don't know that it's their sons. They just know because they recognize them as their sons. But the police don't know who has it yet. And so they're trying to decide whether or not they should come out with this story. Because one of them is, like, going to be the prime minister. Because he's running for government. <clears throat> and so uh, they're differing in how they think they should go about it. Um, but about how of the book, they tell you what the sons did. And they take a weird tangent where the dad has has this mental illness and so that's hereditary and the son has this mental illness and that's part of the issue and then it gets really violent towards i don't know it's just weird but my issue with it was is they don't tell you what the disease that the dad it has but they allude to like asperger's kind of like because i did some research on it afterwards because i was like what is the i don't even know what that could be because it makes him the 
premise was that the dad and the son don't have like empathy for people. Well, that would make them sociopaths. Yeah, it would give them or psychopaths. Antisocial personality disorder is what I would diagnose them as. But the author says, I'm not going to say what this condition is, something about a German name. And so I was like, that doesn't make any sense because I don't know any psychological disorders that would lead, that would be named for a German. Well, now I'm going to have to go look it up because I was a psychology student. Me too. See, mm-hmm. and like that's where I'm at because I'm a psychology major. And I'm like, if I had to diagnose this guy based on what I read in the book, he's antisocial personality disorder because he's violent and he doesn't care about people like end of story he's all about they're all about like bettering their own situations Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but so i did some research on what the author was supposedly alluding to and it says he was like in one of his quotes is like i didn't directly say asperger's but i was like people with asperger's are not violent so i was really confused and that whole like shift maybe not like the book very well much. i think with as with a lot of psychological disorders they're never just one thing yeah a person doesn't just have one thing a textbook so-called so, case of one definite. thing they usually have bits and pieces from all sorts of yeah. other disorders so they could have been like i got that he was trying to get across that they don't have empathy and yeah. people with asperger's kind of don't but it's more like they don't have the social skills to express that more so is that what I've always known about it. Right, so it which was isn't necessarily like, just, that they don't have it. It's just that they aren't very good at showing it. And, and they have their own set of rules. Right. So it's just strange for me. Like I, And I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that just kind of like turned me off. And it also talked about how he could have had, I don't know. Like there's one point where he's talking to the psychologist. It's like a flashback to when he was diagnosed with it. And it's like. If they'd had amniocentesis, which is where they test your amniotic fluid for mm-hmm. stuff like spina bifida and uh, Down syndrome, things like that, they could have found out. But you can't find out about having Asperger's no, by doing that. Can't. So it was like, you did not do your research very well when you wrote this book. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't yeah. very believable. Yeah, and I mean, it probably wouldn't be for someone who wasn't like med-filled or like psychology backgrounded maybe a little bit. Like you kind of I just... started. I started reading it and I'm like... I didn't. I didn't get very far into it at all because the characters. I had no connection with them yeah. whatsoever, and I was getting annoyed. Yeah. So I was like, "Why am I reading this book? It's making me cross. I'm done." Yeah. yeah well, he hates his brother. Like, yeah. That's like it's from like, the jump. Yeah. But he doesn't really give you a for real reason for hating his brother. It's just like when I read the back of it and like the he's saying, I was thinking it's going to be a thriller about how these two families. Like, and you finally end up finding out what the sons did that was this big thing and then their decision about how to take it one way. And that's like the thriller tension of it. But it took a really weird turn and I just, I don't know. I didn't like it because it wasn't scientifically correct. I'm turning into my father. (laughs) (laughs) No, and see, I hate books like that because if if it doesn't make sense to me, Mm -hmm. then, and I can't. I can't make a logical connection with what's yeah. happening in the book, then and I feel the like, whole thing is gone. I feel and, like most people could just like written, like uh, read over that and been okay with where the plot went because I mean, it was interesting and exciting at the end, but like that little bit for me was just like, all right, this is some BS and I don't like it. Like, remember that one book that I read and I can't think of the name of it. I was trying to look back to see if I could find it where it looked really interesting because it, it looked like it was like scientific. It was about a group of scientists or college 
That's right. That wasn't that long ago. You did it on this podcast. No, and and that was like this book. It was really, really good until about the middle of it, and then all of a sudden, all this stuff started happening that like it didn't make sense. Yeah, that wouldn't really. And I mean, I did research. You know, what would make glass turn to liquid? Yeah. And then back to glass again, and nothing that could happen in nature would yeah, cause it. And I didn't so. like, I didn't like that they. I feel like a lot of psychological disorders already have like this stigmatism towards them that isn't necessarily right all the time. And, and so helped. then he made like this false one, and I was just like, I don't like. I don't like where he went with that. Like, I don't like that he put this on people. See, I was really surprised Asperger's. too when people were raving about this book, and I started reading it and was like. You got to be kidding. You really? Because yeah. I just really disliked the people in it so much that yeah, I, I couldn't liked, get past. I liked the wife. I think that was about it. Because she seemed, but then about half through the book, I didn't like her either because I don't think you should keep secrets from your spouse because she knew yeah. all along mm-hmm. what the boys had done from the day of. And the husband had found out watching the news and like she never told him. Because she thought it would make him have an episode. <sighs> and then and then the brother didn't tell his wife until they were in the car coming to dinner. And I was like, that's just for what, what are you doing? Like, why wouldn't you tell your... Like, I don't get it. Yeah. But it was just... It was like... So thumbs was, down, definitely. Yeah. Well, I feel like anybody who could look over the like scientific mess ups there would probably like it if they're into like thrillers because it it's it'll definitely it's definitely quick pace and it keeps you going in that respect can't just totally write it off i see why people would like it but that one hang up for me just kind of like i just got uninterested after that part because i was like this guy it was a it was a dnf for me yeah just pretend it's some other like fake illness yeah some other fake illness yeah yeah pretend the author didn't say anything yeah the author's intent doesn't matter it's what you read yeah, but especially if they don't tell you exactly what's wrong and leave things in the air, mm-hmm. I don't like that either. And mm-hmm. it also made this comment that the like the narrator who you know, has this sort of speaking when they're talking about doing the amniocentesis, and it said that, so if I had been born this much later when they did this test, I wouldn't have been born, like, because I guess they would instruct them to terminate pregnancy. And I was like, they don't instruct you to terminate pregnancy for that. That's weird. Like, I don't know. It just was like really. They uh, give the parents a choice still. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like. Unless you're talking about some kind of dystopian universe that. You yeah. Know, it was just that. not like a good. I don't know. That There's just that whole scene just made me not like it. <laughs> Which. Hmm. hmm. Maybe I'm being a little hypercritical. No, you're not. That's the whole point of this. Yeah, see, now I probably won't read it because you told me that. Because we were talking about that on the way here. Because she's like, "Oh, Jessica, really?" Because I remember we had this conversation Mm -hmm. last time. You're like, "Oh, I'm really liking it so far." Yeah, because it was. Vonnie said, "You know, we were talking about all the books that had come in." She says, "I want to read that one." Mm -hmm. But now, now I'm not going to read it. See, so now I'm down to three books. Yeah. Yeah. I will say it was re- it was really well written because like in the first <clears throat> half before they like tell you what the sons did and take this weird tangent it's like they get really into the conversation and you're almost to the point where you're kind of like okay come on tell me something and it'll give you like that little bit to keep you going you know mm-hmm. like that little bit of information about what happened to like keep the whole trend going but then it just took this weird tangent and I was like done I'm done and I got really excited to read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> after that too I was like I just gotta get through this book and so that was the dinner by who? 
The Bye. Dinner by Herman, Herman Cook. Herman Cook. Bye-bye, Herman. Sorry for ripping your book to shreds, but... Hey, it's the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. You know, everybody has different tastes, so somebody, like you said, who can look past the inaccuracies might still like that book. Yeah. I mean... True. Me and Martha have hugely different taste in books. Yes. Yeah. There's some a lot of times she absolutely loves. Yeah. I do not like it all. Yeah. And vice versa. It's definitely like an interesting thriller. I would think it's quick pace and it keeps you going, but just that thing. Just yeah, but I didn't it like me. it either. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I probably won't try it. That's two negatives. I probably will. Yeah. But hey, we both didn't like the girl on the train. So. And, and you did. did. So. But know. I think I like the girl on a train just for different reasons. I think I was able to. Um, to um, empathize with the uh, main character more than yeah. You. All right, shall we just move this train yes, right along? But um, bunch jazz hands. <laughs> Do you got to move your fingers? <laughs> All right. Um, I had a, actually a couple of of different options this week, but I think I'm going to go with a non-conventional choice for me, which is called A Spool of Blue Thread by Ann Tyler. Mm-hmm. Now, my friend Kyla, the one that works right before me at the library, pointed to that book on the shelf and said, I just finished that. And I didn't like it. She did not like no, it? No, she didn't like it. Oh, you and Kyla usually have... But, I don't know. She liked Girl on the Train, but too, he, though. Yeah, she did. But here's the thing is I walked over to the book, and it was sitting there on the shelf, because we have the front-facing shelves for new books, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked at the front cover, and on the bottom, it said Pulitzer Prize winner. What it did not say was that she didn't win the freaking prize for that book. <laughs> because, you know, I'm like, False give it a chance because the goldfinch was an, un, you know, an unconventional choice for me and I really need to branch out. I'm thinking all of this in my head as I'm looking at the cover thinking this does not look like something I would read, right? right. So I thought, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. So it's, it's not the kind of book I would read for lots of different reasons. Um, Number one, I usually don't choose something that falls into the poignant category or any what do you mean? meaning um, um, heartwarming, she sad like she and happy about. at the same time, sort of, you know, bull crap. So it starts out, it's about this family. It's it's a it's a. It's a family novel. I, I don't really know how else to explain it because it's really inexplicable in some ways. It's sort of like being on the inside of somebody's dysfunctional family. Okay. But not really all that dysfunctional. Okay. It's mostly the reason that I liked it was because it reminded me of my husband's family because they're a very close knit family, you know, a very loving family in some ways. And they're very grounded. The house that they live in is the house that their grandfather lived in. And he's very attached to this house. So a lot of the story revolves around the house and the and the acquisition of the house and the upkeep of the house and the family and the, the parents and their relationship. And so as time goes on, you know, the parents age and then the mother gets sick. Mm. And then the mother 
Well, I'm not going to say too much more, but what I will say is that it's about their family. And it was interesting in that you were really able... It, you remember I always talk about the fly on the wall type books? Mm-hmm. I really felt that way about this. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was... And, and I know this sounds very pretentious and ridiculous that I kept thinking, oh, this is a Pulitzer Prize winner, so it must be good. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept reading it. And I was so disappointed at the ending, I nearly threw my phone across the room. Mm, that's not good. Yeah. Because there's this buildup, okay? There's a black sheep of the family. Mm-hmm. And there's a buildup that you know there's something about this brother that he's hiding, right? Mm-hmm. It's very mysterious. One day he calls up his parents and tells his dad that he's gay over the phone. And his dad like is like, no, no, you're not. And then like hangs up the phone. And he tells the mother, oh, you know, he Denny just called and said he's gay. Well, what did, what did you say? Did you hang up? Oh, my God. We have to call him back. You know, this sort of thing. The mother's side of that conversation. Right. And, then <laughs> and then there's like not ever really much more mention about that. But Denny's always very absent from the family. He's always on the outside of everything. He disappears for months on a time. He doesn't have a regular job. He's a, he's a substitute teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And they're always missing Denny. It's always Denny this, Denny that. And he comes back into the family when he's needed at very peculiar times. I mean, the sister called him up one time when she was really going through a rough time with postpartum depression. And he just shows up and takes care of her for a couple of months. You know, he's he's one of those people in the family who just sort of will drop everything and come. Right. Mm-hmm. But yet you don't know what his secret is. Right. You right. know, there's got to be something about this guy that he's hiding from his family. Mm-hmm. It was very anticlimactic. Let me just say that <laughs> I was really, really fucking pissed off at the ending because at that point I really was enjoying the book. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking there has to be more. There has to be more. There has, there has to, to be, be more. Explosion fireworks and Well, maybe not fireworks, but at least an explanation right. of uh, why the buildup to this character. Mm-hmm. I, I was frustrated because the potential for having him have at least some legitimate reason for being so absent from his family. I mean, why the big deal otherwise? Mm, yeah, that would be. You know what I mean? I'm like, my brother has worse problems than this guy, right. you know? <laughs> what, what, you're thinking dysfunctional family. You're thinking there's a reason they're writing about it, right? Right, but there's not? Well. Not anything big. I was very disappointed in the ending. <sighs> That's the worst. And when I went back and looked at the book afterwards, because I'm like, God damn it, this is Edgar Pulitzer Prize, blah, blah, blah. And I went back the next week to the library and I looked at the cover and it says, Ann Tyler, Pulitzer Prize winner. Mm-hmm. So I look it up. She won the Pulitzer Prize for something else. <laughs> <laughs> False advertising. And of course, the other thing that always cracks me up about a book is, I don't know if you guys do this, but if they name the book something weird, you spend the entire book looking for the reason yeah, that they name yeah. it that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the spool of blue thread comes at right almost at the freaking ending. And it's not that like yeah, yeah. I, I was it's you, like a minute detail that mm-hmm. that that makes 
that does not sway. See, that's like anything. Oh, I didn't. I didn't think, you know, I think that there are probably some deep symbolisms and all this other bullshit about it. But I was not impressed mm-hmm. enough to recommend this book to anyone. And Kyla was totally right. She told me she didn't like it. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> she told me. But I just could not. For some reason, I was like, OK, you know, I didn't want to read The Goldfinch either. And maybe got to give it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe I'll like the ending better than she did. She was totally right. I should have listened to Kyla. <laughs> Dang it. I should have oh listened well. to you. Oh, well. Well, at least with the dinner. Yeah. You didn't have to wor- wonder what the uh, title's about. Yep. Yep. The dinner was Hit pretty right straightforward. It was a bad yeah. dinner. The dinner. Same with Fight Club. Was, that was an interesting... I, I did like how he like broke the story up. Like Each part was more like he would do... Like the drinks at the beginning, and that's what the first section was titled. And then it was like appetizers and this. And as you got all the way through, it just got more and more intense. Like more things yep. built up. I thought that was. I don't interesting... think I made it through the dinner. I think I just made it through drinks and the appetizer. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember now because it's been a while. Because it was one of those things where I was listening to, and I'm like, oh, no, can't do it. Yeah, I'm done. So, is there anything good on the horizon? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, of course. I'm so excited. And you know, as I was, I, I, I texted Jessica that I was toasting her, or was it on Facebook? Facebook? Toasting her with a pangalactic gargle blaster. I don't think that's actually in that book. I think that's actually in the restaurant at the end of the universe. I'm going to have to get the other two. But it's too. still the same. I really like books that are written this way that are just like super random. I think that's why I like Vonnegut too. Mm. Well, I'm not going to go there again. But, back and forth. Yeah, I like how it's like got these just like random bits of things and like there's just whole different worlds, all these different well, I mean, creatures. With Slaughterhouse Five, you're constantly jumping through time. So yeah, it there's feels like there's that. Random, yeah, I've read that is one. Is that one of the ones that Josh has reviewed? Has no, reviewed no, uh-uh. I don't think I so. Somebody, have you? Mm-hmm. It seems like to me that something? somebody. Talked uh, about? No, I, didn't. I don't think like so. The, the slaughter, the slaughterhouse five, I think, came up in reference somewhere. We did, we talked about it when we talked about. Uh... Well, you should look at your spreadsheet there, Sparky, and see what we talked about. I just about. have names of books. I don't have the authors. We mm-hmm. talked about slaughterhouse five when I did player piano. We talked about um, she had like five. Vonnegut diarrhea and told us about all these yeah. Vonnegut. Oh, she Sire had. Of the Titan. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, Sorry, like, I didn't. Like I don't mean we... to be dismissive, but <laughs> wait. So, do you not like Vonnegut? No, or... it's not that I don't like him. It's just that it's one of those authors that he's too hyped. Too yeah, hyped I feel out. that. Stop making that face. <laughs> I just feel like just, look. There are so many other them. authors out there. You shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, I'm not saying he's the only thing I read. It's just you know. I feel He's most one of your favorites by far. Well, I mean, everybody has their favorites. They do. They I do. Mean, and you that's have cool. Pratchett, that's I have cool. You, everybody gets a free one, right? Mm-hmm. You know that I'm going to read it just because Ken Follett wrote it, and same with him and. Well, Vonnegut. exactly. Has he written anything new lately? Vonnegut? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if you oh, take yeah, uh, ghost uh, writing, uh, 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 if you stay, take ghost writing in the very literal sense, maybe, but. <laughs> See, that's what I'm it? saying. Cause he's, cause he's if dead. he's dead, <laughs> so. yeah. then eventually you're going to have to move on. Oh yeah, to something else. Yeah, you can still. Love well, him I definitely don't stick strictly to Vonnegut. I jump around a lot <laughs> with a lot. I'm of just teasing you, don't Justin. No, I'm he's he's getting all offended over there. No, you just 
talking bad about Vonnegut. No, I'm doing it on purpose. We're going to start a fight club here. I'm doing it on purpose to get a rise out of you. Yeah, just pelts her. I'm good. Yeah, Josh we're with the Nerf her. guns when we need them. Uh, Josh always shoots her with the Nerf gun even when she doesn't do anything. <laughs> I know. He loves that thing. Wait, so while I'm here, I have to ask, um, what do you think of Polonix's writing style? It's I, because it's not it's very, standard. It's very difficult to read. Um, you think so? Well, in certain books, yes. Pygmy especially. Jeez, that was right. horrible to read. Um, I think that I... I like his writing style in certain ways because it's so stark. He's very stark. Is very very stark. He reminded me a lot of Christopher Moore when I read Yeah. He doesn't pull any excuse the expression but punches. <laughs> but um bumch. Uh he's very straightforward. I think that he is able to talk about a lot of subjects that nobody else will touch. Mm-hmm. Um did you read Beautiful what is it called? Beautiful Invisible monsters. Oh, invisible monsters. I haven't read it, but yeah. I, See, I know what I, it's about. I mean, I it tried was to read and that I didn't was like it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but it's gross. It is gross, but not just like. But, but it wasn't but, the grossness that got. I don't know. It was just crass. Was He's too... been described as crass. He's been described See, as. I feel like crass doesn't get. It to no. It. I like, think crass is like what you say whenever you're offended by it. Well, yeah, He's, and that's I, why people are offended by it because it's so. Stark, it's so unusual. It's like it's he so... doesn't. He doesn't pad. No, his he doesn't. Language. He, he one, doesn't. He, one, he doesn't waste syllables. Two, he will say exactly what he means without any sort of euphemism. It reminds he his writing style reminds me a little bit of Irvin Welsh. I don't know. Um, what was the name of that one? Uh, well, Train Spotting. He wrote Train Spotting. Oh, he, he also he also wrote. Shit, it has a cover of a pig on the. Oh picture of a pig on the cover filth See, that, that was like another a, one that, that was, sounds like a polonic yeah book i mean name, the, so. the names the titles of his books are train spotting shag boys porno filth uh <laughs> glue reheated cabbage i mean all these i mean he's it's it's a very <laughs> i haven't read all of those i'm just reading off of yeah. the thing i've only read a couple of them but Filth reminded me a lot of that same same style. It's very harsh to read. It's mm-hmm. very difficult to read. It is not for the faint of heart. It's not for people who are easily offended. I mean, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody really knows if they write like that to get a rise out of people. Specifically, so I think or if it's supposed to be like humorous, like that because right? Because almost all of his books are stream of consciousness, right? And I Bless genuinely you. think he thinks people I gotta say think a lot he thinks people think like that or at least maybe he thinks like that or these like just like the, the very small um you know he'll have just like one word sentences at like in a row and it's like the little flashes it's of interesting thought. to read that way mm-hmm. um it doesn't work for everybody I've tried yeah. other books like that for people who try to be that way He's particularly good at it. Yeah. And yeah. bad at it at the same time. It all depends very, on Very, very, very hard had, to describe his writing style. I've had books of his that were yeah. just yeah. absolute. Uh, I don't know. Some people I really would, think his writing is bad, but sometimes it gets. Um, it, it reads a little bit like a uh, liberal arts student taking his first creative writing class. You're exactly right. And yes. It's just. And I don't know if that's the lack of polish or. He obviously does it on purpose. 
And I don't know if that makes it, like, okay or not. You know what I mean? Well, it's because he's been successful at it. It makes it okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm trying to... But it does give you a visceral reaction. Certainly. that's what's interesting. Because you don't have a lot to uh, focus on outside of the immediate, like, what is being said. And it makes his, like, flowery... None of his writing is flowery, but his more verbose, his longer paragraphs, they stick out so much more because they're contrasted with these right. very punchy lines. Mm-hmm. Also, it makes it infinitely quotable, but it's <laughs> well, yeah, a good way of like keeping it in people's minds, I guess. I really like Choke, though. I would actually recommend that Choke. because it had such interesting... The, lead char- the, lead, the characters were basically con artists... Right. Who, yeah. who um, would their whole how they survived was they were a team and they would go into a restaurant and order food and one of them would choke and then they would sue the restaurant. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, interesting. I know. Well, it was it was dark. I find it dark humor. Now, mm-hmm. is that because I'm a twisted personality? Yes, it is. <laughs> Do I care if other people don't like it? No, I don't. I liked it. Anyway, I suppose we should probably wrap this thing up for now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to end in an unconventional way today because this morning my nephew died. And so we're going to I'm going to dedicate this performance even though it was in no way sad or mm-hmm. poignant in any way. I'm going to dedicate this performance to him because it it's for Daniel. Be the clouds in the sky.